yeah, yeah. check-in of the amateur bowl if you will uh, yeah. something like that uh yeah we're back school's over mm-hmm. baby school's out yeah for for december at least yeah gives us time to we've definitely been watching so this gives us a chance to reflect on the season Ooh. and talk about the things that we've been keeping eyes on yep uh it's been eventful i think we can both agree there's been a lot of stuff happening so far that, oh yeah so far that happened this season and it's kind of ridiculous actually but it's been a hell of a season to watch, though. A lot of amazing stories, a lot of disappointments. Yeah, uh, yeah. We're uh, gonna. Twenty twenty season them. has been has been crazy. There's been a lot going on, yeah. uh, a lot of subverting of expectations, a lot of exceeding of expectations. We'll get into all those storylines in a bit, but first, a lot of people uh, died. Have, yeah, that is that is unfortunately true, <laughs> and uh, we, I guess, we we have a segment. A very popular segment. Tradition. It's tradition. Not even a segment. It's tradition. Mm-hmm. And we are going to get into that right now before we get into mm. the 2020 season. So, Simon. Yes, sir. Gone, gone but not forgotten. Okay. Uh, so, this wasn't exactly easy for me. Initially, my first pick was to go with the Indianapolis Colts. But I'm deciding not to go with them. And I'm going to go with the Miami Dolphins. Uh, the Miami Dolphins this year have been, oh, sorry, especially on the defensive side of the ball, the Miami Dolphins have been unreal this year. Uh, led by Byron Jones, Xavier Howard, Shaq Lawson. Uh, this defense is like carrying them to a playoff spot right now. Not to mention that the uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick has had an absolutely phenomenal, had an absolutely phenomenal season before being uh, replaced by Tua, uh, who's also been doing pretty well. Um, but again, this is a team that's probably going to be making the wild card because personally, I don't see them taking out the Buffalo Bills for the division. But even even their offense is actually pretty underrated with players like Devontae Parker, Miles Gaskin, uh, even Mike Gesicki, who's probably one of the most underrated tight ends in the league right now behind Darren Waller, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle. Uh, I really like what the Dolphins have done this year. And again, if we're talking about teams that are probably aren't going to get recognition, uh, at least this season... I'm looking at the Miami Dolphins because again, this is a team where their defense is doing is that is carrying a lot of their success, and often those are the teams that don't really get recognized. Absolutely, they really came in with like zero expectations. They thought it would be another like build-up year, slowly getting the rebuild, getting all those yeah. first-round picks coming up. So, uh, kudos to Brian Flores for really coming in and getting this culture going, and really getting some wins and having a at least an eight and eight season at with this least. team. On paper, this team is not that good, mm-hmm. or at least not a, at least not a playoff team. So yeah. The fact that they're in the playoff hunt is incredible to me. So yeah, yeah great pick. Kudos to them. Yeah, they got three rookies on the defensive line too, and they're still ridiculous. It's absurd. Mm-hmm. Max, uh, gone but not forgotten. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys. <sighs> the Dallas Infirmary. Yeah, they for the last like three four years with Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott bringing in Amari Cooper. This team has had a really good offense, not to mention their incredible offensive line with guys like Tyron Smith and Zach Martin on it. They're still there. They're all still there. Problem is, Dak might not be there next year. That was a gruesome injury. We're not going to get into that. We're definitely not going to show it. And uh, let's just say it was more than a cramp. Uh, And, uh, yeah. So after that Dak was thrown for 450 plus yards every game until he got he got injured once that injury hit their offense just could not do anything even yeah. with Andy Dalton who's a very solid backup their yeah. offense just could not get off the ground at all and their defense after sustaining so many injuries and losses there's just nothing they could really do they just they basically uh, they're a sinking ship and I think that uh, they didn't make any conference championships or didn't go too far in the playoffs. I think they won maybe two playoff games over the last three, four years with Dak and Zeke and that regime. So I think they might get forgotten in history, but we forget that like offensively, this team was an absolute powerhouse. They went 13 mm-hmm. and three, 16. They, they were a really, really good team. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, prayers up to Dak, by the way, honestly, it's a really gruesome injury. Uh, we hope that he recovers well or recovers soon. Uh, but yeah, this is exi- this is like just proof that Dak Prescott's the the heart and soul of this football team. Uh, but kind of like like what you said, uh, this team has been a team that 
over the last couple of years, or at least on paper, is probably one of the most prolific teams in the league, at least on offense. And even on defense, like, you look at players like Alden Smith, the Marcus Lawrence, uh, like, this is a team that shouldn't be, at, like, at the bottom of the league. But unfortunately, just due to all the earnings they've, they've sustained, it's just... Well, well, the other thing I saw is that um, I think the... So Mike McCarthy obviously was hired this offseason, replacing Jason Garrett, who I think a lot of Dallas Cowboys fans are calling to be fired for, for like, a while now. But um, one thing I also noticed is that the defensive coordinator that the uh, that Mike McCarthy brought in, I can't remember exactly what his name is. Mike, but apparently, Mike Nolan. Mike, Mike Nolan, name. that's the name. Yes, he was the defensive coordinator for the Falcons, I think, for a couple of years. And the last time he was actually in the league, I think it was like 2016, 2017. And that, those particular teams were near the bottom of the league in every defensive metric. So this isn't really surprising. To, well, sorry. On one hand, you, like injuries have definitely played a part in the Dallas Cowboys' uh, lackluster defense, but at the same time, how much of that is the what seems to be just not good defensive coordinator? <laughs> Which, anyways, yeah, I think it's it's definitely definitely a half injuries, half just uninspired coaching, and yeah, yeah, it's it's just it's tough to see them like this. It really is. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. Um, so. Yeah, uh, as of right now, we just so we just finished watching probably one of the top five games of the season. Me and Max are talking about. Uh, it is the, currently the end of week fourteen, um, and yeah, there's been a lot of really kind of big headlines. The Browns no longer suck, which is incredible to me at mm-hmm. least. There's been a lot. Yeah, of and, done. yeah, that that definitely goes into the game that we just watched, the Ravens Browns game that ended forty seven forty two for the Ravens. The Browns actually looked incredible in that Who game. Who clinched I'm not it, even Max? Gonna lie. Sorry? Who clinched it, Max? It was my boy, Justin Tucker. God. Hit a 55-yarder 55, 55 to end the game. And then they got Tucker. a safety on the last play, but that doesn't even matter. It was my boy, Justin Tucker, made the play. Best player in the league at his position. Hands down. Automatic. His completion percentage, they showed a metric on the, in the game. 91% over his career, highest all time. I don't think anybody's touching that. No, no one is touching that. Never. Uh, yeah, it's it's insane. He's just, he's so good. He's crazy. But, uh, yeah, but that's, uh, we're moving away from the Browns here. I just want to say that the Browns have been really good on both sides of the ball. Their offense is kind, is a lot like the Ravens offense in the sense that they do have a lot of play action and they do run the ball a lot and they make use of those running backs, those multiple running backs a lot, although their running backs are definitely better than the Ravens running backs. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are both arguably top 10 running backs in the league. It's incredible to watch them play. It's incredible to watch their offensive line block. Their offensive line has been incredible this year. Mm -hmm. And Miles Garrett has been playing out of his goddamn mind on the defensive side. When he's been on the field, he's been probably the best or second best defensive player in the league. So TJ Watt and uh, Aaron Donald have something to say about that, but not wrong. Yeah, we can talk about that more in the defensive player of the year discussion that we're going to have later. But Miles mm-hmm. um, Garrett has been absolutely incredible this year. Um, and that's been huge for Cleveland Correct. as a team. And Kevin Skavansky was has been a great hire. And he basically came into the beginning of the season and said, look, Baker Mayfield, stop playing hero ball, hand the ball off this year. Yeah. And Baker Baker agreed. And look yeah. at this. They have a winning record for the first yeah. time since 2007. So, you know, whatever Kevin Stefanski said to Baker Mayfield, it worked, and now the team's really good. Yeah, like, I just look at the job that Kevin Stefanski's done, especially with Baker Mayfield, and I think he's done a, I think he's done a remarkable job. I think he's basically done everything he could have asked for. Um, running the ball a lot, running a bit more play action, which, uh, where Baker, is, oh, as, t- as the season's gone on, he's looked like he's been a bit more comfortable running the play action, which I think is, has really helped that offense. Um, and again, this just makes me wonder, I mean, who knows what, would, what, what, what the difference would be if they actually had Odell Beckham Jr. on the field, but perhaps this might be a team where we would be potentially talking about them as a Super Bowl contender. Like I think they're now three games or two games behind the Cleve- uh, behind the Pittsburgh Steelers for the division lead, but uh, hey, this I'm just I'm really happy for Browns fans, obviously, just with how much they've had to endure over the last couple of years. But hey, this team, this I think this team's going to do some damage in the playoffs. I really do. I think that defense and the offense looks really scary right now. Yeah, 
I think you're absolutely right. I hope they don't get a matchup with the Colts in the first round because the Colts would stomp them. But any other team, I think they do well against the Titans. I think they do well against the Steelers. I think that they do they do pretty well against the uh, against the Bills. I think just any team but the Colts, I think they'd be fine against. And the uh, Chiefs. But the Pugging get the first yeah, round they're not, they're not potentially. Yeah, they're yeah. not getting the Chiefs. Yeah, true. But, yeah, whatever. Uh, speaking of Odell Beckham Jr., this year has been riddled with a ton of injuries particularly season-ending injuries to big money-making players. like If you're uh, on my fantasy team, you're probably hurt. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Saquon Barkley. I, I don't know if you remember who that is, but he has been on the IR since week two with the torn ACL. Same with Nick Bosa, Dak Prescott. Uh, you name it, they're probably injured. It's been a rough year for injuries. Teams have really had to dive deep into uh, practice squads to mm-hmm. fill those lineups. The entirety of the Cowboys and the Eagles have had to deal with these injuries. The Broncos have really been hit hard. There have been a lot of the 49ers. Those are really the main teams, but a lot of teams have really been hit hard by injuries. And it really is putting more of an emphasis on the system and coaching. So that's been really interesting to see for 2020. But, I mean, it's a little less interesting as a fan and a fantasy player. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, I mean, I won't get into fantasy too much, but Christian McCaffrey is another guy who missed, who's only played three games all season. Uh, that's, like, this is probably a guy who we were talking about. Sorry, last year was probably the best, like, running back in the league. And he's played three out of the, what, 14 games so far and probably won't play again the rest of the season. Uh, like this, like you, like you mentioned it. This year has just been absolutely brutal for uh, like season-ending injuries. And again, I think it just kind of goes to show how important the actual, like how important training camp really is. Because I mean, if you look at how soon these injuries are happening, week two, week three, week four, this is early on in the season where I think a lot of guys would have liked to have a bit more preparation. But it's COVID. What can you do? I don't know. Yeah. It's it's unfortunate. Yeah. You hate to see it, but I don't know. I guess it's just part of the job. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. Training camp does seem to have some importance after this year. And uh, moving on to a little bit of a, a lighter note, we saw three rookie quarterbacks coming in the first round. We did. Uh, Joe Burrow to the Bengals, Justin Herbert to the Chargers, and yeah. Tua Tungavailoa to the yeah. Dolphins, and they've all been really good. That's another they've guy. Just Joe Burrow tore his ACL and MCL. Yeah, I know. And he he oh yeah, I forgot about that. But he has been he's been looking nice this yeah. year before yeah. he went down. Herbert started well, has cooled off a little bit, but I don't know if that's totally his fault. I think the team, the team's had some issues, mm-hmm. and two of two has looked really good. Yeah, but Anthony, all three. Anthony Lynn will be gone by the end of the year. Mark my words. It's a possibility, definitely a possibility after what happened this year and last year. But point is, those three guys in particular look really good. So that says a lot about team scouting, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, Player scouting, the fact that these guys were touted as surefire top of the line picks and they all turned out to be right off the bat. That looks really good for those high end quarterbacks going forwards and how they're scouted. So that's a that's a nice little caveat to think about. I think I think the one that's kind of been the biggest surprise to me has been just how like how great Justin Herbert's been like like just right off the bat. Cause this is a guy where even like Tua and Joe Burrow, we knew we were gonna be good. Maybe not this quickly but Justin Herbert was a guy people were talking about sliding like all the way like sliding down the first round and he's come out and he's been unbelievable to the point where he's probably uh I think he's probably going to win offensive rookie of the year we know how quarterback bias is that's not really the it was not really part of the art this isn't really the part of the discussion but like no seriously you're talking about a three-headed quarterback monster which looks absolutely phenomenal right now even though as we mentioned before, Joe Burrow, hope he gets better soon. Uh, really serious uh, knee injury, but they, these are probably three quarterbacks we're going to be talking about for a while in the same ways that we're talking about Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. Like these guys can play, and they're playing like they're playing really well right off the bat. It's going to be amazing to see if they can actually improve as time goes on. I agree, and if we're looking at this draft class for quarterbacks going forwards, I definitely would keep a pin in Jacob Eason in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. He's coming in. He's going to go into a really, really nice system going forwards. And Jordan Robert Love is going to be there forever. Jordan Love. We'll, we'll, I mean, we'll, we'll see. see. He's we'll a question see. mark, but I think uh, the way he was talking about in his draft class, 
he has a lot of potential. It's just a matter of if he's actually going to get there. So, again, it's up to Matt Lafleur, Lafleur and the uh, Green Bay coaching staff. But I have, I have faith. I do. Well, we'll see what happens there. And uh, I guess one more thing that I wanted to talk about is the uh, there are two, two particular divisions that have been pretty surprising this year. The NFC East is least and the NFC West is best are two divisions I really want to talk about because they're the exact opposite in the sense that the NFC East has just been awful this year. And it's not even NFL division. It's it's an NCAA division. Yeah, it's basically a practice squad division at this point. Um, I will say that that the Giants and the the football team have looked really good recently, but... I mean, if those are your best teams in your division, they don't really stack up that well to the best teams in the other divisions. And, yeah. Walmart Donovan McNabb is coming for the division title. Oh, my God. If if the Eagles win it off the back of Jalen Hurts, that would be hilarious. Exactly. It might happen, too. That's the crazy thing. Mm-hmm. The team's out of it in this division. That's the most absurd part. And they're, all, they're all just that bad. Yeah, they're they're having a tough time for sure. And uh, in the NFC West, um, yeah, the, uh, the, the, the Rams, Cardinals, and Seahawks have really all had great seasons. And mm-hmm. for, for the injuries that the Niners have had, their coaching staff has done a really good job to keep them relatively afloat and in the race. So mm-hmm. just four quality teams that you'd have to really work hard to, to beat on a, any mm-hmm. given basis, any given week. Yeah, I think it's a great year uh, for the NFC West just because I think like the three teams there are probably going to make the playoffs. Like, thank God they added the extra the extra wild card spot this year. But like, I I can't imagine like could you imagine being one of those teams and you don't make the playoffs and and a team like the Giants or the Wash and the or the Washington Football Team do. Like again, I think because. There's a very good chance that all three teams are going to make it. We'll see how the wild card plays out now that Minnesota has made a bit of a run uh, into the wild card race with uh, the Arizona Cardinals. But this is going to be a lot of fun to watch down the down the stretch. Uh, as you mentioned, like this this division's been probably the most competitive in football. Uh, <laughs> I'm very excited to see how this division plays out because uh, it's really up for grabs right now. Even now, absolutely. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right, and we'll just have to see how things go. Uh, but I think they'll have a it'll have a large bearing on what happens in the playoffs because as far as the NFC goes, it's a it's a dogfight. Imagine how good the Rams would be if they didn't have Jared Goff. Just imagine. Yeah, if, like they an, if they had an if they had a slightly slightly competent quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that would be that would be unbelievable. Anyways, uh, next <laughs> thing I want to talk Jared about. Goff. Yeah, next thing I want to talk about is. Uh, there are a few things. There are a lot of things we predicted before the season started. Oh, can we not? And I'd say about 95% of them were dead wrong, I especially in our power rankings, which, mm-hmm. I mean, did not really didn't end well. But there are a few that were right, and I want to talk about those. Sure. Not not the bad ones, just the just the good ones. Okay. Um, first, I called the Jets being the worst team in the league. I called yep. it. I'll give you no, that. I called yep. Mm-hmm. I don't know how Adam Gay still has a job. I think they really want to tank. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I, they just, for mo- a majority of the season, they have looked truly lost as a franchise. Mm-hmm. Absolutely lost. And it sucks because they have really good pieces. Like, Mekhi Becton might make the Pro Bowl. Uh, Sam Darnold, has, he shows flashes here and there. They have good pieces on both sides of the ball decent pieces on both sides of the ball but as a team the system just doesn't work it doesn't make sense so yeah this is pretty much what i thought would happen if if you were trevor lawrence what number would you wear on the jets Mm -hmm. what was this number in college is it 16 i think maybe i'm wrong okay i i have no idea so There's I think things. Adam, yeah, Adam Gase is probably gone. So hopefully the scheme can get better over the next couple of years. But uh, again, I think even once Adam Gase is gone, I think this is a team that hopefully will be able to turn it around relatively quickly because, because as you mentioned, they actually do have some pretty good pieces on both sides of the ball. Keenan Williams, 
Jameson Crowder, Mackay Becton, as you mentioned. Like, this team could potentially turn it around pretty quickly. Maybe not playoffs, but at least competitive. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I uh, did check. He does wear number 16. You are absolutely right. Fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, next prediction that I got, we got right, was uh, saying that Tom Brady wouldn't be a good fit in Tampa. It's nope. just so weird. It just, mm-hmm. the offense doesn't really work that well. It's, it's like some weeks they'll put up a lot of points and some weeks they'll put up zero points. It's just, they're, Bruce Arians is trying to make Tom Brady something that he's not. And I don't understand how people didn't see this at the beginning of the year. I really don't. Everyone was saying, oh, Tom Brady's a great fit in Tampa. All these weapons in Tampa are going to make him incredible. No, that's not been the case. Tom Brady's been holding this offense back. Clearly, this, this team is overall one of the best teams in the league. And they, some weeks they just can't score points. Some weeks they just, they're in it for three quarters. Mm-hmm. It just, it doesn't work. And when they play against a good team, oh, forget it. Just forget it. Did you see how the Saints and Chiefs routed them this year? Yeah. What what did Tom Brady do? Best, but the system around him isn't meant. It's meant for a Jameis Winston that doesn't throw as many picks. Yeah. And it's fortunate, but we were right about that. We were yeah. right. About that second Saints Bucks game in Tampa Bay was really hard to watch. I think it was actually I think it was Antonio Brown's first game as a. Tampa Bay Buccaneer, but oh my god, like it's it's like we said, this team wasn't as hype, wasn't as good as people hyped them up to be. And why is that? As much as I like Tom Brady, he wasn't a fit, as you just mentioned. Uh, I think the I think the way you described it before, he puts a cap on the offense, and so far this season, it has that's that's been exactly it. Uh, not just the cap on the offense, but the interceptions continue to slowly increase, which is a bit concerning. But I don't know if like I'll put it this way: Do you think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers would have been better off with Tom Brady or Jameis Winston? Tom Brady. Hmm. Interesting. I think, I think it's an obvious pick, just because Tom Brady brings the intangibles that Jameis Winston doesn't. That's fair. I'll give you that. That that, that would have been my pick as well. But like. I don't think it's as I don't think it's as big of a gap as people think it is. <laughs> that's 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 the that's I think that's the surprising part. Yeah, I don't think that's ne- I don't even think that's necessarily a hard take. I don't think that's a hot I don't think that's that hard a take to be honest. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right about that. I would absolutely agree. Yeah, uh, yeah I guess moving on from our negativity towards Tom Brady, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, we we both predicted Dan Quinn getting fired this year. Yeah. Didn't yeah. take him that long. And it's it's funny because the Falcons actually are a pretty competitive team now. That you could got. argue it should have been sooner, actually. <laughs> probably yeah. should have been sooner. Yeah, probably should have been sooner. I think there are definitely a few coaches that were fired this year, like uh, Bill O'Brien, that should have been fired a little bit earlier than Matt they Patricia, were. Patricia, I also called. Mm-hmm. You did call Matt Patricia. I said it was a little bit too early to say, but you said you said Matt Patricia, and you were correct. Yep. Um, but yeah, and uh, I also said Adam Gase was too early for him too, but I don't think it's too early for him anymore. Doug so, Rowan might be the only one that 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 we that both of us predicted that actually that actually lasts the season, which is which is absurd to me. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it's absolutely insane. They're like but, one uh, thirteen. Yeah, they. Uh, I think the Jaguars are also doing the exact same thing the Jets are, just saying, or we'll we'll keep this guy around for the rest of the year. And, uh, yeah, to move on, I, I'll talk about one prediction I had that was bad. That was just brutally awful. Mm-hmm. There were definitely a lot of bad takes, oh. but there was one take in particular that was just terrible. And I, I had Carson Wentz as a, a oh, Dark Horse MVP yeah. candidate this year. Yeah, no. And I just, I want to say, I just want to say, put it on the record, I was wrong. Mm-hmm. I was incorrect. Yep. I, I thought he would be really good this year, but it's partially the injuries to, injuries to his offensive line, the uninspired coaching, and him making some very questionable decisions. Mm-hmm. It's just it's all kind of snowballed together to form this this love child of a terrible quarterback, and I, I hate watching it because I like Carson Wentz, but 
now it's starting to make sense why they drafted Jalen Hurts. That take really hurts, doesn't it? <laughs> so that was so that was the amateur bowl. Uh, thank yeah, you for yeah. joining. Thank you for tuning in. So, um, yeah. Uh, to your tip. I mean, to come to your defense a bit, I don't think anyone would have predicted Carson Wentz being this bad. Uh, like, people point to the fact that Carson Wentz regressed last year. Okay, that's fine. But, like, there were points this year. So, uh, I actually had Carson Wentz on my fantasy team for a bit, so I actually had him under the microscope a lot more than Max did, per se. But, like, there were points where Carson Wentz was just awful. To the point where I think a lot of people were surprised they didn't go to Jane Hurt, uh, Jalen Hurt sooner. Uh, again, uh, this isn't a lost cause. I think he's I think he's turning 28. He's still he's still a young quarterback. Uh, we've seen what he can do with the football, but it just doesn't look good right now. To the point where I think everyone's kind of questioning what his what his future is going to be like in Philadelphia. I I'm one of the one of the people who probably thinks it's not going to be in Philadelphia. But, uh, again, we'll see. But Carson Wentz really didn't have that great of a year. Uh, but, yeah, I don't think anyone could have predicted this a type of this bad of a year from Carson Wentz. So, next, I will. I think it would be ill-advised for us to make playoff predictions because it's so close to the end of the year, it wouldn't be too difficult. Mm-hmm. So, let's just do, let's just go straight to the Super Bowl. Right. What do you what do you what do you which two teams do you think are going to make the Super Bowl are going to be in the Super Bowl? To me, in the AFC, there's no question whatsoever. Uh, I think we both have the same pick going here. I think I it's it's going to be the Chiefs for me, no question. Uh, the the Kansas City Chiefs offensively have been absolutely unstoppable. Uh, my Raiders beat them back in week four or something like that, which was probably the highlight of my season. But um, no, like the the Chiefs aren't are on on paper they are the best team in the AFC in my opinion. Uh, sorry, not on, sorry. That goes against my earlier take from early, from the beginning. But so far, performance wise, performance wise, they've been the best team in the league, in the AFC especially. Uh, I don't think it's going to be close. I think. Uh, we we were texting about this before, but probably like the Bills, and the Bills are probably the, the best equipped team to be able to take them down. Maybe the Tennessee Titans, but I still think the Chiefs are going to pull it off in the AFC. In the NFC, I have the uh, New Orleans Saints coming through. Uh, I think the Packers are going to make that really really interesting. Um, I think that the NFC Championship is probably going to come down to the uh, Saints and the Packers, unless I have the bracket misunderstood but uh i think it's going to be the saints and the, and the chiefs in the super bowl with the chiefs coming out on top patrick mahomes repeats and uh he gets his second super bowl mvp good pick good pick okay uh <clears throat> so the nfc is really tough because it does. There, there are a lot of great teams that on a week-to-week basis can do some incredible things like you know some weeks the Packers will be incredible and explode for points. And then some weeks they'll score like five points or like seven points against the Buccaneers in like week six. Mm-hmm. And then the Buccaneers will next week score seven points against the Saints. And then the next week the Saints will lose to the Eagles. And it's just, you, you never really know mm-hmm. with these with these top teams in the NFC. There's only one team in the league that has just looked good every week. It's the Chiefs. The Chiefs just are consistent. Mm-hmm. They 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 find ways to win the game. Defensively they're strong. Offensively they're incredibly strong. And they just they play their week they play their way every week and they look good every week. You can't say the same with any other team in the league. Mm-hmm. I honestly believe that. As you said, the only team I believe has a chance in the has a good chance. Every team has a chance to beat the Colts. I mean not the not the, the Raiders have proved that. The, the Chiefs, if they play perfectly, but odds aren't really in that favor. Any the team that I that we agreed has the best chance of beating the Chiefs is the Buffalo Bills. And my thing about the Buffalo Bills is that Buffalo is cursed as a city, so it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Although I would I would put 
I'd put like a decent amount of money on the, the Bills and, and Chiefs being that AFC championship. The Bills are not getting a lot of uh, recognition so far this season, but they've probably been the second best team in the AFC outside of the Chiefs. After beating uh, the Steelers, I think they're definitely getting yeah. they're definitely getting a lot of love now, but it's been like a little bit too long. Oh yeah. Uh and again, a lot of people have been pumping the Steelers tires this year. Uh eleven and zero. Well, no. No. <laughs> you played yeah. the Bills and you got crushed. <laughs> uh, yeah. That, the the that, Bills are yeah. The Bills are the only team that really have the 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 offensive output combined with the uh, the defensive fortitude to keep up with the Chiefs. So that's really where the pick comes from. Yeah, that's really it. Um, Any team with a capped offense mm-hmm. can't do it. Who you got on the NFC coming out against the Chiefs? NFC? You may think this is surprising. I have the Rams. Hmm. Not too surprising. You know what? I don't think it's that surprising either. But thing is, if you just look at all the teams in the league, I think the way the Rams have been playing, the way their coaching has been, they're just mm-hmm. – really well equipped to make it there and the saints are the saints and they're cursed. So they're not going to make it. I fully believe that they're not going to make it just, just because they're cursed. Mm. I fully believe that call mm. it what you want, but there's a reason the saints haven't made it there yet. Yep. They've been one of the top teams in the NFC every year and something happens along the line. They're in, they're not infallible. They will lose games. They just lost to the Eagles. That's not going to bode well for their confidence going forwards especially if Drew Brees is away for an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm tough on them. I'm tough on the Packers because they're, they're, their game plan is incredibly exposable, especially on the defensive side. Mm-hmm. The, I mean, if you remember, the, you remember the NFC Championship last game, game last, last year, year. The, that was not close. The Niners torched them. Mm-hmm. So I run defense. Yeah, their run defense is terrible. Awful. Awful. I mean, their, their pass defense is fine. But they they're in a, they're in a tough spot. They they really need Aaron Rodgers to be good every week if they want to make it to the Super Bowl. I don't think they're going to do it. I just think of all the teams, the Rams have the pedigree, they have the star power, they have the experience, and I think they're just I think they're just the best in the best position to make it. Mm-hmm. And they have uh, the less the least like really bad weaknesses. That's I'll too. give you that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Rams defense has probably been one of the top three defenses in the league this year. We're talking about Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald. Those like those two have been absolutely phenomenal this year. I mean, we'll get to this in a bit, but Aaron Donald is more than likely going to be one of the top three players that are going to be in the conversation for Defensive Player of the Year. Um, and like when you have a top five defense, it's like any sport. If you have a good defense, you're going to be competitive in the playoffs. Uh, and again, I would love to see how they do against the Kansas City Chiefs. I would love to see how Aaron Donald can do getting after uh, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, but yeah, personally, I don't think they'll get there just because I do think at some point you need to kind of have your offense be... Uh, your offense needs to be good. And I do have concerns about the uh, the Rams offense. Uh, Cooper Cup and uh, uh, Elijah Woods, I think that's his name. Uh, Elijah Woods. Have, Robert, have, Robert Woods. Robert, Robert Woods. Who's Woods. Elijah Woods? Robert, Robert Woods. Robert he played, Woods. He played uh, Frodo in uh, Lord of the Rings. Oh, good God. Okay. <laughs> nice job. Nice yeah. done. Sorry, sorry, Frodo. But uh, no, um, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods have been a really nice uh, wide receiver combo. I'm not still not 100% sold. And uh, that running head, that, sorry, that running back, three-headed monster with Cam Akers, uh, Henderson, and Malcolm Brown. That? Malcolm Brown, that's the other one. They've been pretty good all year, but I'm just again, I'm not sold. Cam Akers is still a rookie; he's still learning the ropes a bit. I think he's just coming. He's coming off a 200-yard game against the Patriots, but like this offense just doesn't really scare me. Like I think it needs to in order for anyone to be kind of looking at you as the Super Bowl, uh, as a Super Bowl contender. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, we, we're definitely, we're definitely allowed to disagree with each other on that. It um, doesn't happen often, but yeah. Yeah, no, sure. it really doesn't. So we sure. definitely gotta, yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, I guess before we move on, uh, which 
two teams in each conference do you think are like the playoff wildcard teams that could make a surprise run like the Tennessee Titans of 2020? That's so tough. I'm look. Oh God. Honestly, like whichever, sorry, whichever team doesn't come out of the doesn't come out of the AFC South. Uh, either the Titans or the Texans. So not, so not the Texans. The Texans are not making the playoffs. Either the Titans or the Colts. Uh, I think either one of those teams could have a really good year. I'm, I'm, I'll go, I'll go with the Colts just, cause it, just to prevent going from the Titans two years in a row. Uh, I look at the way that the Colts have been playing. Uh, they're, they're a scary team, man. They're really scary. Uh, that defense with Darius Leonard, who's been increasing his bench press reps with the beds and the increasing his children uh, intake. Stop, but... stop there. Just, just stop with. Like once you get to the children, you just stop. Yeah. Oh, but like the Colts, uh, the we're a Colts family friendly defense, channel. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, the Colts have been really scary this year, especially their defense. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines, uh, uh, Wilkins. They that that running game has been really scary. Uh, Jonathan Taylor has picked it up the last couple games. Nice to see him kind of reviving his fantasy owners. Uh, again, not talking, uh, talk, not really talking about fantasy this episode. We'll get to that in a later episode. Uh, and honestly, I had doubts about this guy, but Philip Rivers has not been awful. Uh, he's done exactly what they needed him to do, and that's he's a big reason why they're still in the playoffs. Uh, and I think, again, it kind of goes what I said about I said about with the Rams. Anytime you have a really good defense like the uh, Colts do, you can go places. And uh, I just really like the way that they're constructed right now. Uh, yeah, that, I think the Colts would probably be my biggest take or my biggest uh, wild card contender this year. Okay. Uh, yeah, the Colts were my pick for the AFC as well. Um, oh. I think my my issue for my, my I mean, you talked about the great things about them. I'll talk about the issues. They're very much a bend don't break unit. They don't have any superstars on their defense, like DeForest Buckner, you can make that argument. Yep. Uh, Darius Leonard, you could absolutely make that argument. But, I mean, past those two guys, you really don't have a lot of stars, but you really have a lot of role players stepping up and making great plays. Guys like Kenny mm-hmm. Moore, guys like Kari Wills, uh, guys all, all over the field. Ogurichi. Yeah, Okariki and Anthony and Anthony Walker have been yep. really good this year. So, I mean, take that how you will. That can be really problematic when you have to go up against a team like the Chiefs where you have to cover – you have to cover Clyde Edwards Hilaire and you need someone to cover him like mm-hmm. in your linebacker core. So, I mean, put Anthony Walker on him. Good luck. But really that's the only thing I have because they'll probably have to go up against the chiefs if they make right. it. Mm-hmm. And uh, the chiefs, they would have a chance against the chiefs, but the problem is Philip rivers caps their offense. And that's just yeah. the only reason they can't win that game. Yeah. Philip rivers, is playing like Philip Rivers did last year. He's throwing picks. He's not being incredibly accurate. His decision-making is not that great. But the leadership he provides and his short pass game and his ability to just know what – he's a smart quarterback still. Mm-hmm. That's that's enough for them to win games and really have that stout defense do yeah. a lot of the, the work for them. Their coaching is unbelievable. That's really why. It's the same thing with the Rams. They're coaching. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's why they're here. The role players are stepping up. It's the exact same with the Rams. So – that's why I picked the Colts here. Obviously, that would make me seem like I'd be picking the Rams, but the Rams are my Super Bowl pick, so they can't be my wild card pick. So my mm-hmm. wild card pick will will land on the Seahawks just because they've really been getting reverse hype these last few weeks for yep. losing some, some tough games. And, um, I mean, Russell Wilson and that offense has so much upside that you you cannot you cannot underestimate them. You Mm-hmm. really can't even though their defense is as porous as as it is mm-hmm. they they can pull off wins against any team in the league including the chiefs just because of how stacked their offense is and how mm-hmm. difficult to cover every piece of that offense is you want to talk about a team that can go like shot for shot with the chiefs on offense i don't think there's many teams that are more well suited to do that than the seattle seahawks uh, you got an abundance of weapons with guys like DK Metcalf, Ty Lockett. Uh, even Greg Olson hasn't been awful this year, but the tight end position is pretty shallow. Chris Carson. Uh, the, the Seahawks are they're right there in the in an arms race with the Chiefs. Uh, now that being said, I would still give the a slight edge to the Chiefs with guys like obviously with Kelsey Hill, McCole Hardman, Sammy Watkins. Uh, I would love to see this as, as a Super Bowl match, to be completely honest with you, because I think we're going to see fireworks right off the bat if that's the case. 
But yeah, I don't disagree at all with your Seahawks take. And uh, also, yeah. shout out to the Cleveland Browns. That was another team I was I was thinking about doing as my wild card. Uh, this team is gonna do some damage, as I said before when we we're talking about the game. Uh, it was uh, this team looks like they're geared up and ready to go for the playoffs. And I would not want I would not want to face the Cleveland Browns in the wild card round because I think they're gonna, as I just said, they're gonna do a lot of damage. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. All right, let's move on to our uh, our MVP picks and our, our player award picks. So MVP mm-hmm. obviously goes first. Uh, we both kind of settled on Russell Wilson at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, who would you who would you say is your MVP pick now? Oh, this is so tough. Um, there's three guys that I really have uh, kind of under my in my un, uh, that I'm keeping an eye on the rest of the year. Uh, all three quarterbacks: uh, Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, how can you not go with Patrick Mahomes? Uh, just the way this Chiefs offense is operated, and especially if they can get if if uh, the Chiefs can secure that first round buy, I just don't know how you don't give it to Patrick Mahomes. Uh, the guy has been absolutely unbelievable all year, uh, and he's like at times he's carried the Chiefs, and it shows. And I don't think, and I just think that that alone. Uh, uh, shout out to Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson. Uh, both have had really good years, but uh, not good enough. And it feels like you're always going to say that with Patrick Mahomes, but <laughs> it's true. Yeah, the only thing I'd add on to that is that I think Josh Allen should be in that mix. I think he definitely deserves yeah, to be I there. I agree. I do agree with that. Yep. Uh, if we're talking just pure value to the team, I think I think it's really Russell Wilson and Josh Allen at the top of that list. Mahomes is not as valuable to his team than those guys are. And I would say the same thing with Aaron Rodgers, just because nobody throws the ball as as often as Josh Allen does. Maybe Matt Ryan is up there, but like the bills don't run the ball. They only throw the ball. Mm -hmm. So same thing. It's similar with Russell Wilson. They don't run that often. So it's really, I mean, the MVP is about value to the team. uh, And despite Mahomes being the best player in the league and, deserving the MVP as far as value to the team goes. I think you can make a very good argument for why Josh Allen yeah. might deserve it at as much as Patrick Mahomes, which is crazy to think yeah. about, but you know, it is what it is. Um, I yeah. guess we'll move on to offensive player of the year. Well, now, ju- ju- just, just before I move on to be clear, my pick wasn't really based on who I thought should win it. I thought I based my pick off who I thought was going to win it based off of media perception. Uh, and I just think with, how much love it feels like Patrick Mahomes gets every year, I could just see the media gravitating towards Patrick Mahomes other than guys like, as you mentioned, Josh Allen, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers. Although Aaron Rodgers is another guy who does get a lot of that media attention as well, so he might be able to pull off the upset, but I just look at the guys that we're talking about, and I just... It's maybe unfair to say, just given that it's kind of hard to predict the media, uh, as we've we've talked about in the past, but... uh, yeah, that that that's the main reason why I took Patrick, Patrick Mahomes, but I still think he's the best player in the league. Let's just get that clear. Yeah, it's fair. If I had money on this, I'd definitely put it on Mahomes. So I agree with you there. Uh, moving on to offense player of the year. I mean, assuming we're looking at non-quarterbacks here, because I don't know why, but you can win MVP and offensive player <laughs> yeah, of the year in the same year, and I don't I don't like that at all. Uh, I'd give it to Dalvin Cook still. Mm-hmm. I think he's the most valuable non-quarterback on the offensive side of the ball in the league. Uh, I think you could absolutely. I think you could absolutely make an argument for Alvin Kamara or Derrick Henry, or Tyreek Hill, but Dalvin Cook, I think, is the clear-cut winner of this one. Uh, good pick, but I'm going Alvin Kamara. Um, I think Dalvin Cook is a great pick. I think he's really. I think he's carried that Minnesota. Sorry, not carried. Uh, Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson have carried that Minnesota offense. Uh, They've Dalvin Cook's been an absolute monster this year, uh, but I still like Alvin Kamara. The his involvement in the uh, Saints uh, Saints offense while Michael Thomas was out was unbelievable. To be completely honest with you, uh, like it feels like Alvin Kamara really took over the reins of the of the uh, Saints offense while Michael Thomas was out, and I just think is like he's probably he's right. I think. 
uh, Dalvin Cook and Alvin Kamara are going to be the two, like the one A, one B options for the offensive player of the year this year. And I think after that, it's not really, not really close. Uh, but yeah, I just think, I just think if you look at the the body of work of Alvin Kamara this year, I think it's, I think he, ju- I think he's uh, justified to uh, be in the conversation for off- offensive player of the year, if not Dalvin Cook. Yep, couldn't agree more. Uh, and moving on to defensive player of the year, we mentioned there are three players that are in that that are really in that mix. The that only being, three, yep. Yeah, Aaron Donald, uh, T.J. Watt, Miles Garrett, and I would have thrown Buda Baker in there earlier on in the year, but he has his name hasn't really been up there lately. It's tailed so off. I will, yeah, I'll leave him off it, even though I think he's been really good this year. And every time I watch the Cardinals, it's he sticks out a lot. But yeah. there are a lot of players throughout the league that stick out a lot, but aren't really in the running for defense player of the year. Darius Leonard, of course, being one of those players. Um, and uh, yeah, I think, I think it would be, if we're talking just the player that deserves that the most, I just, I, I have a hard time giving it to anybody that's not named Aaron Donald, but I think, I think uh, based on stats, based on media perception, you can, it would be, I think it'd be easy to see it go into TJ Watt. Yeah. I hate to say it, but I agree. <laughs> and he's he leads the league in like five or six categories, like sacks, QB hits, QB pressures. Like those are big, big uh, categories. Takes after his brother. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, he's really looking like it. And you can make the argument that he had a, he had a really good system and a really good guy on the other side, Bud Dupree rushing the quarterback as well. But I don't think that should take away from what T.J. Watt's done over the year. I think it's one thing to enhance his play, but it's another to be at the top of the league. So. Definitely deserves a lot of credit there. But the thing is, Aaron Donald gets double teamed every play. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think if you were to look at pure who should who deserves to get it, I think it's Aaron Donald. Nothing. I'm not taking away from TJ Watt or the season that he's had or Miles Garrett because I think all three of these guys. I mean, just to be in the conversation of the, of this award, I think it kind of just goes with saying you're a cornerstone defensive <laughs> player for your team. And all three of these guys are just elite defensive, like defensive pass rushers. And uh, to me, I think just with how much love the media gives the Pittsburgh Steelers, as we are both aware, I think there's a very <laughs> good chance TJ Watt's going to get it. Uh, and again, he's very deserving. Uh, as you mentioned, I think he's leading in almost every major uh, defensive st- statistical category, except for maybe sacks. I think I think Aaron Donald's leading in sacks, but uh, you can't really go wrong with any of these guys. But uh, I think if we're look- if we're talking about solely who is going to win it, I think there's a very good chance going to be Mr. T.J. Watt of the Pittsburgh Steelers. As much as I know, you may hate that. I agree. And uh, just before we move on. Uh, we didn't talk about Miles Garrett a lot. He's an absolute monster, but he missed a few games to COVID and uh, injury. So he, unfortunately, that that makes a difference, which is unfortunate, but it does. If there was another defensive player award, slightly under defensive player of the year, he'd definitely yeah. win that. But oh, he yeah. is, he's insane. He he's turned been, this defense around. Well, not sure he yeah, not turned it around, but he's been a huge part of that defense. Yeah, just like the other two guys, he's been pretty much unblockable this entire year. Mm-hmm. Got to give him a lot of credit there. And uh, now we'll move on. Offensive rookie of the year. At the, like ha- at the halfway point, we would have said something very different than we were yep. going to say right now. I think we both we're both in agreement that it's Justin Jefferson, right? Uh, I have another Justin, but not Jefferson. You think it's Herbert? I'm going Herbert. Okay, fair enough. I'll let you go first. Uh, this is a, this is a hot take. Uh, I I I said this. I think it was last week, and and. Uh, I was talking about this with a buddy of mine. He's like, how can you not pick Justin Jefferson as a, as a off, offense rookie of the year? And I have two words for you. Ready? Ready? Quarterback bias. It's unfair. I don't disagree with it. Uh, I Do I think Justin Jefferson deserves the award? Absolutely. But where have I seen this before? Last year. Um, again, I can't ignore that the season that Justin Jefferson's had, he's been very, very solid. He's made the uh, the loss of Stefan Diggs a lot more manageable for that Minnesota Vikings offense. He's lead, like he's the lead wide receiver now. I don't care what you say. He's he's over. He's the he's the wide receiver one over Adam Thielen. But again, we saw this last year. Uh, 
I think it was Kyler Murray, Josh Jacobs, and I can't remember who the third guy was, but I think a lot of people were saying that, jo- that Josh Jacobs should have won the Offensive Rookie of the Year. And as a Raiders fan, this still stings with me, but it still stays with me, but it just seems like the media leads toward the flashy young quarterback, and I think they're going to. And I don't see any reason why they would why they would change that this year. Yeah, my thing is that Herbert's play has tailed off a lot in the in the past few weeks, and the team has only won four games this year. If it was if it was like the Cardinals, where the Cardinals went from winning three games to winning six, and Kyler Murray was a large part in that, was playing really like pretty well on a week to week basis, I can see that, but. Justin Herbert has has been a little inconsistent as of late, mm-hmm. and Justin Jefferson's been incredible all year, and he's on pace for about thirteen hundred and fifty yards. Mm-hmm. As for for a rookie, that's absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. He's, I mean, if you watch him play, he is so hard to cover. He's such a good route runner. He's he's incredible. He's a great mm-hmm. player, and he's got a bright future in this league. And I mean, you're you're right about the quarterback bias, but I think I think with the media being the way it is right now, I think Justin Jefferson gets over that. I'll put I'll put, I'll put my money where my mouth is. If Justin Jefferson wins Offensive Rookie of the Year over Justin Herbert, I will purchase a Justin Jefferson jersey. Wow. Yep. You'll do it. Y- you heard it here, folks. Yeah, that's binding. And, and sorry. So when do the awards usually take place? Is it? It's. It's before the Super Bowl, isn't it? Like the day before the Super yeah. Bowl. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, the first episode after the the break, I will wear said Justin Jefferson's jersey if he wins the award on our first podcast back. Jeez, get that Amazon Prime. Get it there in two days. Yep. Fair okay, enough. that's right. it. That's all I have to say about that. So we are okay. now. Yep. Put on the Fair board. Enough. Yeah. And. Uh, we're going from a relative, I mean, apparently contentious award to an even more contentious award in the defensive rookie of the year, where literally anyone can win at this point. This is such a there mess. Are, yeah, there are a lot of players God. on the field here. Uh, you could argue that Chase Young is still in the mix, even though he's missed some games. Um, but he's been incredible when he's been playing. Antoine Winfield is getting a lot of love from the Buccaneers. Uh, I think Patrick Queen is still slightly the front runner just because of his numbers mm-hmm. and what he's been doing for the uh, the Ravens. But no one, everyone's got their own front runner. Jeremy Chin on the Carolina Panthers has definitely been getting a lot of more noise as of late. It's a it's a tough it's a tough race. It's mm-hmm. going to be really interesting to see who goes there. But I think you and I were both kind of in agreement that Queen's the front runner. Yep, I 100% agree. And I actually have a dark horse if. Patrick Queen does get upset, and it's not a popular okay. take. I'm going Julian Blackman of the Indianapolis Colts. He has been playing really well this year. Yep. That's true. Yep. I think he's, again, I, I, I agree with you. I do think that Patrick Queen has is gonna is the front runner at this current moment in time. Current moment in time. But Julian Blackman's been scary, man. That, that, that Colts secondary is no joke, and he's a huge part of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I've been, I've definitely been watching the Colts, and he does stand out a lot. He does get a lot of tackles for a free, or I guess a safety. I don't know if he's a free safety or not, but he gets a lot of tackles. He's, he's just around the ball a lot. He's got a nose for the ball, and that's amazing for a safety. Reminds me of Buda Baker, if we're being honest. So, yeah, it, it's really nice to see that, mm-hmm. and uh, especially for he was a later pick. He was like a third round pick. So that would, that would be interesting. I would like to see a, a late pick, another Colts late pick, win defensive rookie of the year like Darius Leonard did a few years ago. Can they can they stop stealing all the good defensive players in the draft, please? First, Darius Leonard. I think Anthony Walker was a late-round pick. Uh, Julian Blackman. Like, can you stop and leave some for the rest of us, please? God damn. Yeah, it's not, a, it's not our fault that your team can't draft. Okay. <sighs> Cleveland Farrell would like to have a word. Oh, you should have said Josh Jacobs would like to have a like that. No, he's, no. he's a good. That was a good pick. That was but, a great pick. Thank you, Khalil. Yeah, that, that was parting. Thank you, Bears. Yeah, thank you, Bears. <laughs> yeah, imagine trading Khalil Mack for a running back. <laughs> Khalil Mack back. No, not for Josh Jacobs. I, I would give them Jonathan Abram and a first round pick. Who says no? 
there's the bears okay bones. moving on <laughs> moving on yeah uh the next next uh award is comeback player of the year i mean i don't think we need to go into I'm that going carson much. wentz <laughs> yeah that's that's uh who's been awful this year award yeah but yeah no we but we, uh do we even need to say the name like it's yeah, we no... should we should we should give him the respect he deserves yeah. It's Alex Smith, guys. Come on. Like, it's not even close. The, not only did the guy come back from seven leg surgeries and almost almost die on the operating table, he's a starting quarterback for the Washington football team who might make the playoffs. I think I think he's had a little more than seven surgeries on that leg. I think he had, like, 17. So, okay, I, I, okay, it might have been 17. I knew it had a seven in it. So It might not have a seven in it. It could very well be, like, a completely different number. Right. But, let me take a look into that right now. And meanwhile, go talk about the, the teams in, that shocked you this year. Uh, so I actually have my predictions open right now. And I predicted four good, four shocking, sorry, four shocking teams, two good and two bad. And I'm actually kind of yeah. surprised how well my predictions actually turned out. Number okay, one. 17 surgeries. He you had were 17. Right. So good you job. were right. There was, a, you were, there was a seven. I got half. Okay, good. Um, but anyway, Alex Smith, we don't even need really to talk about that. Hell of a story, hell of a guy, hell of a football player, and he might lead his team to the playoffs in the NFC least. Um, uh, so anyway, sorry, back to my shocking teams. I, I predicted four shocking teams at the beginning of the season, too good, too bad, and they've actually all worked out pretty good. Uh, my, sh- my first shocking good team was, uh, was the Arizona Cardinals. And I'd say that picks per, uh, worked out pretty well. Kyler Murray's was an MVP candidate at some point in the season. D Hobbs translate has a really kind of gotten comfortable in Arizona with Kyler. Uh, don't really need to say much, much more than that. The defense has actually stepped up and been all right, not horrible, but uh, there's still work to be done in Arizona. Let's not let's not kid ourselves. And the other one I predicted was actually the Cleveland Browns. Um, the we just talked about it with Miles Garrett and the Cleveland Browns run game. Uh, Kevin Stefanski has really turned this team around. And then my two shocking bad teams were the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which we just talked about uh, in in a couple segments uh, a couple segments ago. But we uh, we both mentioned we both said that t- that Tom Brady gives this team uh, gives us offense a cap. Or I think you said that I agreed with it. Doesn't really matter. Um, but uh, a lot of this just stems from the thought that uh, the Tampa Bay, I think a lot of people had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers running away with the division. Uh, this hasn't been the case. They're just, they're, they're going to be a wild card team. And I think for a lot of people, that's going to be a disappointment. And I think to me, that justifies them having a bad year. Uh, that's, I guess that's one's for the media. And the last one I had was the New England Patriots. Um, and again, this isn't necessarily on the team. This is more just with how many players they lost in the regular season. Sorry, uh, in the off season, because a lot of them, uh, opted out because of COVID, but I am shocked with how bad the New England Patriots have been this year, and a lot of that comes at the shoulders of Cam Newton. Uh, he hasn't really been the guy that they I think that they thought he was going to be. Part of that might be because he doesn't really have that many offensive weapons around him with Damian Harris, Nikhil Harry, but uh, I think the defense has also been relatively concerning, and this isn't really something we talk about very often with the New England Patriots. Like, I think the last time they had seven regular season losses was, like, 2002, which is a lot about the team. And uh, we'll, see, we'll, see, we'll see if they can bounce back next year. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with your picks completely. Um, for my AFC good shocking pick, and I tried to eliminate all other things like injuries and whatnot to my, to my picks. Uh, they're just solely which teams that I – have low expectations for, and they exceeded them, and which teams I had high expectations for, and they just didn't meet them. And my my AFC good shocking teams, the Miami Dolphins, and my NFC good shocking team are the New York Giants, and they're for the exact same reason. New coach, on paper, teams don't look very good. They play good. Why they play good? I don't know, but they do play good. It's the coaching. It's the system. It's it's pretty rare to see like a team that has been bad for a long time really hit on a new coaching hire like they did. Mm-hmm. And both of them hired former new England Patriots coaches and, 
everyone was like, oh, is this guy the right guy for the job? And Joe Judge especially things, was in that class. Yeah, you know, things have been good. Things have been really good for both, and everyone's everyone's now is thinking, okay, these were good hires. Now we're starting to understand what these guys are thinking. So it's been incredible to watch these teams play, despite just the lack of talent that they really have on the team. Like the guys that the Giants brought in this year, uh, Blake Martinez and uh, James Bradbury, they've both been playing incredibly. You got to give them credit there for those off-season acquisitions. Daniel Jones has made an improvement. Uh, that's just for the Giants, for the Dolphins. Uh, that offense is working really well. Emmanuel Ogba is on pace for double-digit sacks. Um, we talked about it before. The, these two teams have really they – they both may not make the playoffs, but they have exceeded all the expectations for them, and that's crazy to me. Um, bad, shocking teams just – we could talk about the Cowboys and Eagles all we want, but they were decimated by injuries. Yeah, that's why I try not to go that way, but yeah. Yeah. Patriots, probably a similar story. Just a lot of injuries. Stephon Gilmore was out for a few weeks. They just had a tough time. Uh, so the two teams I picked were the Houston Texans and the Atlanta Falcons, just because uh, the Houston Texans were, they've, they've really been winning that division for the last few years. They've really been up there as a really good team. And their coaching just absolutely fell off a cliff this year, offensively and defensively. And they just mm-hmm. they don't look like the same team at all, despite having the same players. Yep. And it's just really sad to see Deshaun Watson go out there and really just try to will his team to win every week. And mm-hmm. most of the time, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And it's tough. They were up. They were in really close with the Colts. Mm-hmm. Got to give them credit there. But then they just got blew up by the Bears. Mm-hmm. So, you never really know what to get with that team. And yeah. Uh, yeah, with the Falcons, pretty much the similar story. Like they can be competitive on a week-to-week basis or they could just roll over and die on mm. a week-to-week basis. And it's just Matt Ryan is playing well, but then some weeks he doesn't. In some snaps, he's just making a really stupid decision. And the rest of that team is just not not there. Like now that they're bad, their defense is looking good again. Like Deion Jones looks like a top – 10 defensive player in the league right now. I don't know why, but he starts to do that once they're eliminated from playoff contention. It's, I don't know, it's whatever. But mm-hmm. point is the Falcons and the Texans had like middling expectations for them coming into the year. Texans a little higher than that. And they have, they've faltered in every possible way, every possible thing that could go wrong, despite besides injuries have gone wrong for them. Want to know something funny? Sure. Three of our four shocking bad teams beat the Raiders. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, that sucks. Yeah, the Buccaneers oh. absolutely torched the Raiders, too. And so did the Falcons. And the Falcons, yeah, I forgot about that. That's one of the Falcons' good weeks. <laughs> Which they followed up by um, a loss to the Chargers. <laughs> yeah. Um, the shocking good picks I 100% agree with. Uh the Houston Texans pick, I'm kind of iffy on. And the only reason I say this is just because I I know I picked the Texans to win the division this year, which, is, boy, if I could have that take back, I would fully take it back. But um, I think this is both... I think it's, I think it's also a team where we thought this had potential to be a wild card, just given they just traded D-Hop, uh, and if Bill O'Brien didn't... It, it literally felt like Bill O'Brien was going crazy, if I'm being completely honest with you. Um, and the scary thing is, this team doesn't really have a future. Because I, th- I don't think they have a first-round pick this year, because I think they traded it in Laramie Tunsil. No, they trade. do not, yeah. So, and the only... And they, they released Kenny Stills. Yeah, they cut Uh So you're, you basically traded two first-round picks, and another... Or, and like I think it was like one or two second-round picks to the Dolphins for essentially Laramie Tunsil and a year and a half of Kenny Stills. Yeah. Uh, but sorry, that's kind of getting off topic a bit because we're talking about the Texans' future. I'm talking about their present. I think Texans fans should get ready to, to buckle in for a hell of a rebuild because I don't see this. I don't see this team getting better anytime soon. I'd be shocked. I'd be shocked if Deshaun Watson finishes is uh, the year as a Texan in two years. Okay, that's an interesting take considering the contract he's on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. It's fair. It's hard to move a big contract. Same thing with Laramie Tunsil. Also has a massive contract. Uh, we'll see if they'll be able to get some value out of both of them. 
if they do decide to trade and rebuild. But anyways, uh, yeah, that's pretty much all we had to talk about this week. Before we go, okay. give me one hot take you think happens before the end of the before the end of the NFL season, and it can be playoffs well, as well. Give okay. me one before hot take the, before the end of the NFL season. I think Washington wins a playoff game. Really? Yeah, I think they could beat the Buccaneers. Wow, interesting. Okay. All right. Okay. So what, about, what about you? Ooh. Okay. I have a couple, um, but I'll go with my. I think. I I'll, I don't know if this is really a hot take, but um, I think the Dolphins make it to the AFC Championship game, as you just said with the Bills. I think the Dolphins have potential to make that AFC Championship game. Okay. I really like what Brian, Brian Flores is doing. I like that Miami. I like the Miami defense, and I think they can carry him to a to a playoff win to the NFC Championship, AFC Championship. Okay, fair. I would. I mean, I would say they don't make the playoffs, but that's okay. I think that's fair. Okay. okay. No, I think no, I think the Ravens take their spot. Okay, interesting. We'll see. We'll see how it plays out. He's biased, by the way. He's a Ravens fan for all of our new listeners. Yeah, no, but I still believe the Raiders will make the playoffs. I believe the Raiders will make. No, I don't. <laughs> I've lost hope. <laughs> they're they're still in it for sure. They're only one game back, right? They're not beating the Ravens out. They're not beating the Colts out. And they're not. I would have. They might beat the Dolphins out, but I don't see them winning against the Dolphins in two weeks from now. Uh, yeah, so this is the Amateur Bowl. Simon and Max signing off. Uh, I guess we'll see you soon. Yeah, more. absolutely. We're, we're around, so we'll be, we'll be definitely podcasting quite a more, bit. Over the more, next po- weeks. more content coming soon. Absolutely. Absolutely.